Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing, more than a feeling. To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save Your life To be powered by love I'm Pastor Nathan Mugas Pastor here at Elk River Lutheran Church Lisa Sampson, Director of Children, Youth, and Family Ministry Jeremy Halquist, Minister of Congregational Care and Discipleship. And I'm Taylor Quinn, the Director of Music and Worship. And today we continue our conversation about David, David from the Old Testament, uh, by talking about music a little bit, because music was a big part of David's life and his, uh, you know, experience of the world. It's how he communicated a lot. Uh, and so uh, our theme for today is the original piano man. And uh, what happens in the story here today is uh, Saul, the king, the current king, gets in a little bit of a funk. Uh, and so he invites David to come in and play some music and pull him right up out of that funk. Uptown funk? David funk? I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. But um, anyway, and so uh, we uh, have talked quite a bit about some of David's most famous music, the, what, the legacy he's left to us, which is the book of Psalms. About half of the Psalms in the Bible were written by David, and so that's this huge collection of poetry uh, and music that he put together that we still read and celebrate. So we'll be sharing some Psalms. Uh, if you want uh, more information about the Psalms, we really talked about them a lot in our earlier episode of Sacred Wit this week, as well as the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast. So you can go back and listen or watch uh, those to get more on the Psalms. Uh, but first, uh, this theme, uh, the original piano man, uh, we uh, kind of chose that theme and uh, that song, it is a callback to the original Billy Joel song. We are ripping off Billy Joel here a little bit. Um, because if you know that song by Billy Joel, you know it, it, it's about this piano man, uh, this guy who is this kind of lounge singer and kind of harkening back to Billy Joel's lounge singer days, mm -hmm. where he talks about all these uh, folks coming into the bar with their different problems and stuff, and then finding some solace in his singing. Uh, them joining together in that chorus saying, sing us a song, piano man, help us to uh, feel better, which is exactly what uh, King David will do for Saul. He's not king yet, it's King Saul. So he brings that message to King Saul. So uh, we're going to uh, share a little uh, piano man uh, with you here today, and you can uh, listen to these words and see how it is that uh, there's this message of bringing comfort and solace. So, Yes, featuring Nathan on the harmonica. Or tin yes. sandwich. The, or tin sandwich. The tin, tin sandwich. sandwich, that's right. So we'll, we'll see. I caramba. Ready? Yep. One, two, three, one, two. Saturday. 
Saturday, Sunday morning, the regular crowd shuffles in. encourage you if you if you know that song great if you don't uh, give a look at those uh, lyrics especially as we think about this story of David it's it's all a song about the the power of music to help us in the midst of tough times and uh, that is exactly what King Saul calls on uh, David to do here today and so uh, we're gonna start with the reading of a psalm and what we talked about earlier this week was the psalms having you know that there's lots of different types of psalms basically and uh, one type of psalm is a psalm of thanksgiving and psalms of thanksgiving are written by someone uh, who has been through something but has come through on the other side and so it's really uh, they're, they're written in a little different sense because it's someone who has the hindsight and the uh, blessing of being able to have looked back and seen how they have been carried through something uh, and by doing that, they're able to, I think, see a little better how and where God showed up for them in the midst of a really difficult time. And so uh, we see that in these uh, psalms uh, because these psalms are all about these human emotions that uh, show up in our lives. And so uh, Psalm 40 is a great one. Uh, psalm of Thanksgiving, if you're going through something, for example, maybe a global pandemic, for one example, or uh, any other example of just challenges in life, uh, Psalms of Thanksgiving have a lot, I think, uh, of great language to hold on to, to deliver us hope. And so as we read this, I want to encourage you to uh, hear uh, these words and see if there are words or phrases that uh, you think you could cling to in the midst of a difficult time that would be helpful. So uh, we have a guest reader here uh, this morning, and so I'm going to invite uh, Ron to read for us Psalm 40, uh, these selected verses from Psalm 40. So here's Ron. Today's reading is from Psalm 40, verses 1 through 6 and 13 through 17. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the desolate pit out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear 
and put their trust in the Lord. Happy are those who make the Lord their trust, who do not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after false gods. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. Were I to proclaim and tell of them, they would be more than can be counted. Sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let all those who put to shame and confusion, who seek to snatch away my life, let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who desire my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame, who say to me, Aha! Aha! But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, Great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O oh my God. Here ends the reading. Well, thank you, Ron, for reading for us this morning, Ron Stricker. And uh, hey, if you would like to be a reader for us in coming services, uh, by all means, let us know, or we may be reaching out to you. And so, uh, but if that's something you'd be up for doing, just recording a little video of yourself reading the scripture reading, we would love it. Uh, we're hoping to include some more uh, faces and voices in the service here. And so uh, thank you again, Ron, for reading that psalm, Psalm 40, this psalm of uh, thanksgiving. And uh, so I think my question for you all to ponder and to uh, comment live, if you would like, is uh, what we'll discuss here is what are phrases from that psalm, Psalm 40, that stand out to you or that you heard anew here this morning as we read this psalm? I think what resonates with me is verse two, where he drew me up out of the desolate pit and set my feet upon a rock. Mm -hmm. um, growing up at VBS, when I was a kid, there was a song about being, God being on the rock, and it was a different, I can't remember the song now, but that just to me has power for that foundation, that you're not going to fall off something. Mm -hmm. I love that verse five, um, you have multiplied, O Lord, my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. Were I to proclaim and tell of them, they would be more than can be counted. Uh, the sense of counting your blessings in the midst of yeah. challenge and struggle and uh, that reminder that God is still there to acknowledge. I mean, even in the, in the spaces, God doesn't feel present, uh, but always count your blessings. I think of I this is this is gonna sound so weird based on what you guys said, but verse fourteen. Uh, here's so let all those be put to shame and confusion who seek to snatch away my life. Let those who turn uh, let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who desire my hurt. I've I've always loved this kind this these parts of the Psalms because um, they gave me permission to to end on a on this desire for vengeance because I don't, I've always believed that God is a God of justice. 
and and it, I allow myself to just stop there and let God take care of the vengeance part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so important for us. I I grew up. My thought was always to end on a positive note. And if you can't end on a positive note, then it's not complete. The thing is with this verse is that we can stay there in our faith and let God take care of the rest. And I've always loved those parts of the Psalms. Yeah, it acknowledges our wish of vengeance upon people sometimes, but allows us to not take vengeance Mm -hmm. on people, right? I mean, that's a big, it's a big difference. Yeah, I always think, too, of that first verse I I just love, that, you know, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined and heard my cry. Um, Like I said at the beginning, you know, Psalms of Thanksgiving are written by people after they've already made it through the hard times, and so then they can maybe look back and say, oh, yeah, I was waiting patiently for the Lord the whole time, you know, (laughs) when in reality, I think when we're going through stuff, there's a lot of times where I I don't feel like I'm very patiently waiting. I'm, I'm not very patient waiting for this, you know, pandemic to be over, for example. Uh, And yet, um, you know, one day at a time, together we are making it, making it through. And who knows, maybe after the fact, we will look back and say, wow, we actually did have quite a bit of patience to make it through that long time. Um, But, you know, the promise is that God's hearing our cry, even if we're patient or not, God's hearing our cry. We made it this far when uh, one day further. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. Well, um, this is a Psalm of David, uh, meaning David wrote Psalm 40 as he did about half of them. And uh, that is, you know, the biggest musical uh, legacy that David left is the Psalms. Uh, but there are a handful of verses elsewhere in the Bible that talk about David's musical gifts. And one of those is the one we're going to look at here today, which is 1 Samuel chapter 16. And so uh, I think Lisa and Jeremy are going to read it for us. Why don't you guys start it off? Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. And Saul's, Saul's servants said to him, See now, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord now command the servants who attend you to look for someone who is skillful in playing the lyre. And when the evil spirit from God is upon you, he will play it, and you will feel better. So Saul said to his servants, Provide for me someone who can play well and bring him to me. One of the young men answered, I have seen the son of of Jesse the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a man of valor, a warrior, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence, and the Lord is with him. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and a kid, and sent them by his son David to Saul. And David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul loved him greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David remain in my service, for he has found favor in my sight. And whenever the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, David took the lyre and played it with his hand, and Saul would be relieved and feel better, and the evil spirit would depart from him. Yeah. Thank you, guys. And so this is a, yeah, a song about David being a musician, a musician in the court of Saul when Saul uh, needed some comfort. Uh, he needed a piano man. Um, and so to start off, as we think about music and the power of music, I want to start by asking, 
you three, but also all of you, uh, about favorite songs. You know, uh, we, we know that music has power, and so what are some of those songs that you go back to? And I thought, you know, let's narrow it down to a couple categories, because favorite song feels really big and broad. Uh, <laughs> but so uh, let's, we'll put it in two categories. One, what is your favorite fun, upbeat, make-you-want-to-dance song? And then uh, what is a song that has a deeper special meaning to you? I mean, you just really love dancing, and that's your fave. But uh, let's start with the kind of fun, upbeat song. What, what, what is it for, for you guys? And if you all have one, uh, go ahead and drop it in the comments. Share with us. We'd love to hear uh, your favorite uh, upbeat, fun, make you want to dance kind of music. Uh, genres, songs, uh, you name it, whatever. I just found Shaka Khan has a new song out there called Taste Like Sugar. <gasps> it is amazing and the the video is amazing because it's all these people dancing and they're just dancing like with no abandon and right. it looks so cool that mm -hmm, you have to look at yeah it <laughs> all right so i know very well i cannot dance like it's it's not pretty uh, but the one that will make me get up and actually dance is cotton eye joe you're just a country boy I, yeah huh? just a little bit in there yep yep, yep. Oh, good. <laughs> well, Cotton Eye Joe is part of my playlist, too, but it comes from Summer Festival Camp, where we have a dance every summer. And there are things from Lizzo, Interlude, Sweet Caroline, any of yeah. that. That's just There's just a set of music that just makes me move. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so at home, we have an, have an Alexa who... Uh, I'll try not to say her name too much in case you have oh, one yeah. that's listening <laughs> and she'll do annoying things. Um, but uh, I, so... You know, she's voice activated, so our kids can request music and play and stuff. And so, um, this is kind of a, a song that I both love and I'm tired of constantly because. Uh, and actually, I saw uh, Matt and Emily Rotz on. I know our kids learned it from their kids, and Jeremy's kids learned it from our kids. Yeah. Oh no! Um, but anyway, the song <laughs> that they always ask for is uh, "Hand Clap" by Fits in the Tantrums, and it is a real kind of you know club banger i mean it's good it's a fun dance kind of song and i always have fun when they do it because they get so excited and they want to dance but then they ask for it again and again and again <laughs> by, by the sixth time i'm like okay you guys keep jamming i'm out you know i'm kind of done but it is a fun song and it's mostly fun because they love it and they they get excited about it so our audience says uh, "Staying Alive" by the Bee Gees. Oh, yes. you can't help but get the finger going. Oh right? my gosh! Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> but also, you know, "Let There Be Peace on Earth," um, yes. or what does the fox say? <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, oh. Yelvis. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. All these ones that get you up and moving and kind of um, jamming out. Nobody right? said the Macarena. Ones. What? No, it's still two thousand late. <laughs> or it's so hard to spell. <laughs> Dancing <laughs> Queen. Oh, yes, yes. Yes. Right. Mamma Mia songs. Yes. Awesome. These are great. That's good. Well, keep sharing them if you want. And uh, I'm curious about the other uh, kind of part of it, the kind of songs that have more deeper and special meanings, too. And mm -hmm. they can be certainly fun ones, too. But yeah, what do you think? Any come to mind? Yeah. Imagine by John Lennon. Oh, yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. You go to Strawberry one, Fields and. And there's guitar people playing all over in Central Park, and they're all playing that song. It's so yeah. awesome. It's very moving. Yeah, Ellie and I, our first dance at our wedding was Long, Slow, Beautiful Dance by Rascal Flatts, which is this just wonderful reminder of doing life together, that life is sometimes challenging and good and sweet, and yeah. 
Um, so that was our first dance. So that one will always hold that special place for me. There's a song called uh, by Adam Lambert. It's called "Better Than I Know Myself," and that one for me is is means a lot to me. I think of Daryl, and I think of just the need for someone else to know me better than who I am. And yeah. we all need to be known. So that's oh, that's yeah. kind of one song for me. Yeah, one of the songs I had kind of thought of, which is funny because I don't think about this song a lot, but as I think about music, I think of the song uh, Lean On Me. Uh, and, and part of what made me think about it is because, uh, one, it's such a, a singing, you know, sing-along kind of song, too. And, like, you know, like that song from your wedding, places, you know, impact how we experience music, too. Mm-hmm. And that Lean On Me is a song that, you know, I have sang at Bible camp, at mm-hmm. youth gatherings, at, at church. You hear it on the radio, at a wedding dance. You know, it's a song that kind of crosses genres and shows up in a lot of different places. And it's singable and just has that great message, too. Lean on me, you know, when you're not strong. And, and so, so I just... I think of that as a great kind of one that has just multiple levels of meaning too. Yeah. I was thinking just as you were talking about that, the multiple levels, I had a chance to visit Gettysburg uh, Cemetery and standing in the midst, in the mist in the early morning was the lady playing a Shokin farewell in this kind of foggy mm-hmm. haze. Um, and that memory of that piece of music will always sort of speak to the sacred yeah. in that, that ground. Mm. Um, and so I, every time I hear it, it's like right to that moment, uh, that drawing into some space. Sure. Yeah. I love our comments are going crazy. And oh, so, so good. Um, take a look, and if you need to make a playlist, there's some good ones going here. Yeah, everybody uh, jumping in and making comments. I think it's good to share. Yeah, That's well, a great idea. Create a playlist of all these. I yeah. know. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Oh, Spotify, I love it. There you go. Um, well, uh, how about specifically church music? Are there church songs that you come back to, like hymns or, or other kind of more contemporary stuff that that comes? One that I, I think about is um, we did it back in Vacation Bible School a while back, and I've heard it in different contexts, but there's My Lighthouse. That's another one that our kids, mm-hmm. you know, they, they know the words to, and so we like kind of singing, mm-hmm. singing it together and stuff, too. That's a more contemporary one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mine is How Great Thou Art. I sat on my grandfather's lap from the time I was just tiny uh, until much bigger than that, and he would sing me How Great Thou Art. And then, we, of course, we sang it at his funeral and other yeah. funerals like that. But that one always touches me because I think of Bud, Grandpa Bud. Grandpa Bud. Yeah. Bud. <laughs> yeah, we, I, you know, I think I had shared, um, you know, earlier, was it earlier this week? I can't even remember. The, <laughs> when you said, sang the song, We Are Called, you know? Yeah. Um, that's one that Annie and I had at our wedding mm. and that I had, had at my ordination. Because um, it's one of those songs, I think, that speaks to how God calls us to, you know, many different, you know, vocations and callings. And whether that's your, you know, a, a marriage or, you know, this role of parenting and, uh, or being church together being called as a pastor, all those things. I think that song just speaks beautifully to all those different life circumstances and vocations, as we would call them in the Lutheran world. When Peace Like a River has been the one that's kind of been my, partially because I love the story behind the song, right? It's written in this horribly tumultuous space, but saying, you know, when, when peace follows us, it's accompanied by sea billows roaring. I mean, there's this, like, peace has this movement, um, and it exists within the waves. Um, and so for me, that's been one of those songs that has really been comfort and calming in places that I've needed it. Two come to mind. I think 
when I survey the Wondrous Cross, there is a line in there, and I wanted to look it up on my iPad. I don't remember what the line is, but it, it, it just, there's a memory of, so I, I know this, the, the arrangement of, um, that Selah did, and how they sing it is just mm -hmm. so powerful. Um, another one, though, is in, I think it's in the Bleak Midwinter, mm -hmm. where, where the author talks about who am I? A, a shepherd boy, I can't give you anything but my heart. Yeah. <laughs> and there are certain hymns out there that just have the greatest poetry that really gets you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I always feel bad at Christmas. I'm like, Taylor, I, Bleak Midwinter is such a depressing song to sing on Christmas. Oh, that's <laughs> I wanna, right. I want to sing the, the cheery ones, but uh, <laughs> it, there's such a level of depth to it. I mean, I can't argue with that. No, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so, uh, I mean, so. David was a hymn writer. I mean, that's these psalms were written as as hymns and music, and so that's kind of, you know, part of what leads us into thinking about music so much. But in this example of the story here today, uh, this is a story where King Saul has an evil spirit, and um, you know, given what we know about psychology and the way it's described, you know, it's almost certain he was dealing with depression on some level, whether it would be a really deep clinical depression or he's just feeling really down in the dumps you know that's probably the language we would use today is is language of, of depression and um, and it's when he brings in David and David's music kind of snaps him out of it it lifts him up out of that uh, out of that funk and so you know it, it, in ways it's like the biblical example of music therapy so you know shout out to all the music therapists out there uh, your craft is old and very worthwhile and valuable um, and so as we think about uh, the power of music and talk about just these you know all these fun songs whether they're fun or deeply meaningful uh, and whatnot uh, you know there are things beyond music as well that can help carry us out of difficult times so I'm just wondering when you feel down and depressed what are the things that pull you up out of those times of feeling really down? Uh, what are things that, you know, when you're down, this is how I, you, how you get lifted up out of it? I drive. I think I've said this numerous times, but I, sure. I tend to get in the car and hit the road. Um, removing myself from the space that all of this stuff is happening in, and that just sort of numbness of the road. It's a rhythm. It's a sound. Uh, but it moves us from one place to the next and for me that's a good thing um, and often i crank up the radio and let the windows down and just exist um, so that's my way of sort of moving out of that space when i'm in my um, desolate pit out of my miry bog which i read just a little bit ago um, i need to change my scenery i either need to get up and sure. stop doing whatever i'm doing but i have to get out of my head because I can rethink th and think too deep. So I need some humor. So I sure. find humor. I either call a funny friend or I go do something that's going to bring light and laughter because um, I need to laugh. Sure. Yeah. I, I need a change of scenery too. I go for walks a lot. Mm -hmm. Walks got me through a lot of drama in college. <laughs> My own personal drama, really. Yeah. But even to this day, I mean, if I need to kind of like get out of a depression, kind of get out of my head, like what you're talking about, just taking a walk and sometimes finding a place where no one can hear me and I can just yell at the top of my lungs or just talk out loud yeah. the things that are in my head. So Yeah. Yeah, I think you probably would be remiss to not mention the power and value in therapy as well, you know, um, uh, certainly. And, you know, 
and yet that's not always just like what happens in that room with that counselor or whatnot. But I remember, you know, one time, you know, talking to a counselor who really just recommended kind of like what you're talking about, Taylor, just the value and power of exercise and physical movement. And that's always a good reminder to me because, you know, I think in, in our lines of work, it's pretty pretty possible to be pretty sedentary uh, in, in our work life. And so that, that physical activity doesn't always happen naturally. And so, you know, that can be something that I think can be really powerful and helpful. It's just getting out, whether it's a walk or, you know, now I have kids who are more than happy to be physically active anytime they're given the opportunity. And so they can get me out and moving too. And I think that can be really, really good and powerful. It's a pretty common thread in most of our comments today is nature or exercise. Yeah. Hiking is another one I'm seeing. Um, but the sense of getting out and, and moving to something else. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great reminder. It's something we need to do. Absolutely. Um, well, you know, the, the Psalms talk about all kinds of <laughs> stages and places of life. And, um, you know, the, the Psalms, what they really do is communicate a wide range of emotions. And I think it's always helpful to think about who it is that wrote the Psalms. You know, David wrote a lot of them, but in reality, even the ones that we know that he wrote, we don't know exactly what was going on in his life when he wrote it. And yet you can read the Psalms and you can kind of start to imagine what they might have been going through. Maybe specifically what they're going through, but at least their emotions are communicated. And that's what I think makes them so relatable because it's not like, oh, well, this is, was this specific situation that you know, only I have experienced. Instead, they focus on the feelings and emotions that go with that experience. And so you know, they talk about feelings of being alone or abandoned or uh, you know, there's stories of, of human suffering, but there's also, you know, it's about having doubts and or you know these feelings of great joy and wonder and blessings and so uh it's all these feelings that at different times and places we're all experiencing and that's what makes the psalms and so that's i think what's so powerful is you know whatever you're going through there's a psalm for that like you can find a, a psalm in there that's communicating those same emotions and so uh just to ask you all and for you all to think about too uh, are there psalms that are kind of your go-to psalms uh, in difficult times uh, in particular or even in times of joy, I guess? But what are, what are go-to psalms for you? 121. Yeah. Psalm 121 uh, still to this day is, is one of my favorites. There's, a, there's two songs out there in particular that I know of. One is by Susan, a Susan Ashton. And the other one is Bebo Norman, and both of them just really always struck me. Sure. I will lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? Yeah. And the whole slumbering thing, what was it? Um, the Lord shall never slumber or sleep, but should always sort of be there. Yeah, just yeah. always, you know, looking yeah. over you. So, you know, I love that one for myself, too. And that's one I read with people a lot, whether in the hospital or going through uh, difficult times, because I think that promise of God's presence with you always is just such a powerful on the wall of my office, I print out, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And that's Psalm 51. And I need that constant reminder sometimes to just remember you have to, my heart sometimes cannot be pure. Sure. And to renew that mm -hmm. spirit because life is much better with good spirit. Yeah, I love Psalm uh, 27 has been my, like, go-to so I've struggled with my sense of identity, who I am, and the judgment that often comes within people in sure. that. 
And so kind of leaning in, you know, who should I be afraid of if the Lord is here? I mean, these great mm. sense of like finding your own centering in the midst of whatever you're going through. Um, and the rest of that psalm is sort of like, don't turn away your servant who wants to do good things, but doesn't know what that means. Sure. Um, and so Psalm 27 has been my, my comfort. Yeah. This morning, uh, Taylor asked a question that I think we all ask pretty often these days. He said, what day is it? Uh, and, uh, and I had kind of a, a little bit of a smart aleck response, but it was a psalm. I said, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, that's Psalm 118. Uh, it's psalm a, speak. It's a great one. Uh, but that is one that I love too, is for sure. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us yeah. rejoice and be glad in it. So if you can't remember what day it is, uh, just to your psalms. Psalm 118. Check the whole thing out. It's a long one, uh, but you'll find that verse uh, in there too. Isn't it Psalm 150 that has 150 verses? Or one, is it 119? 119. 119. Yeah, the longest, the longest uh, psalm. Yep. That so memorize that. that will, yeah. There you go. <laughs> 150 is the one about all the different instruments. Make a that's joyful noise. noise. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, well, there's lots of good ones, so I really do hope that you have favorite <laughs> psalms as well. And if you don't, uh, we just gave you a lot of clues or some of our favorites. And, some to dig we'll in. share uh, them. Yeah. Yeah, and as we're moving forward, we want to invite you into a little bit of a, a psalm challenge. Um, and I was reminded of a professor that I had at Luther, Dirk Lang, who um, every day wakes up and he picks a psalm and he meditates on that psalm mm-hmm. all day. Um, and so he reads through it and he regurgitates it and he centers in on a verse or he holds on to one piece of that as he goes through his day. And I just love that image of uh, making a psalm a part of your daily uh, practice of faith. Um, in doing so, what we want to do is kind of challenge you into that. Uh, this lovely Psalm uh, 40 today, we want you to uh, sit and ponder, think on, find a, a verse or two of meaning um, and then let us know, comment, share, let us know how that uh, verse is impacting you throughout this week. Mm-hmm. So Psalm 40, uh, dig in and dive in. Uh, we'll have a great way to present that today. Yeah, so instead of reading it, um, we have, I'll sing this song called 40, and it is written by uh, U2. Uh, U2 from Joshua Tree and from the Rock Days um, wrote, uh, Bono wrote this song called 40, and it is literally taken from Psalm 40. And so um, if you see it in the PDF, it is the last song. So I switched Psalm 40 and Psalm 42. So we'll hear from Asley and Ron later. But let us together, if you can catch on to the chorus and the pre-chorus, sing with me. So this is 40 by you two.
upon a rock and made my footsteps firm. Many will see, many will see and hear. I will sing, I will sing, sing a new song. I will sing, sing a new song. How long? Thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money, don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.